0: Good morning. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls, and I'm your host. And I have, man, I've had a long day already. Been been up early and was on Lisa Copeland's show this morning. And Germany Christmas been crazy. So, um, listen, I have an awesome guest on today. A guy that I've been friends with on Facebook for quite a while. I know he's an entrepreneur. He does a lot of the same stuff I do. Um, so I want to go ahead and bring my buddy Ron Suzuki on the show. Ron, welcome to the show, man.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure and an honor to uh to be on the show with you. I'm definitely uh, been a fan of yours for a, a while now. It's been a good long while that I've been following you as well. So.
0: Well, I I, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, you had reached out to me at some point. I don't remember. It was. You were having some kind of a conference, and I, I don't remember what it was. Um, did you ask me to speak at it or something? I don't I don't remember.
1: It, I think I asked to feature your book released, I, I swear, within like three weeks before my first uh, uh, entrepreneur conference. Okay. So I, yeah. I yeah. actually had a conference last year in 2017 uh, in September, Yeah. and... Um, yeah, I want to feature a lot of great entrepreneurs, so I kind of looked at you as one of those.
0: Well, dude, I, I appreciate that, man. I really do. I'm just a guy like you. I'm out here just hustling and grinding and giving everything I have every day, man. So, you know, let's let's start with this. This show is all about having breakthroughs in life. Um, some people, a lot of people get stuck. They hit a wall and they get stuck. Now, my last name being Walls is 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 kind of convenient when it comes to naming a show. <laughs> so, um, my wife came up with the title of the show, "Breakthrough Walls," and and you know I've had some amazing guests on the show: Jeffrey Gittimer, Sharon Lecter, Lisa Copeland. Um, I mean, some just I, I could go on all day. Bob Berg. I've done 130 of these, I think. You know, and and so. Um, What's what's interesting is there's a lot of common threads among what what people say, you know, is has held them back in life. So I'm 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 pretty curious in in in, in your story. So let's start with telling everybody, you know, who you are and where you were born and raised.
1: Okay, so born in what people consider paradise, uh, Pahoa Hawaii. Now Hawaii, the big island of Hawaii, um, is actually the home island I'm from. So people ask, which which island are you from in Hawaii? I'm from the big island of Hawaii. You know, that's the yeah. confusion there. Um, it, if it helps to, for people to understand worldwide, it's where we, uh, about six months ago, we had, maybe four months ago, we had the uh, lava flow, um, and CNN, and the world news was all over it because it actually tore through uh, some neighborhoods. Um, and uh, so I grew up right next to an active volcano.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> and- wow.
1: Yeah, so... <laughs>
0: Good lord, have mercy.
1: Yeah, so um, it's not as uh, uh, dramatic as maybe some of the movies make it seem. Yeah. Um, in some cases, the lava can can uh, move at one mile per hour, or in, in this most recent case, it was actually a surprise. It moved about 15 miles per hour. That's like the top speed, so...
0: 15?
1: yeah so so you can actually see the lava coming and and run away pretty far so you can
0: run you can outrun it (laughs) yeah (laughs) right (laughs) unless you're sleeping (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yeah so yeah um, that would that would stink
1: yeah but it's very rural very rural part i mean very much countryside i actually uh spent a little bit of time on my uncle's farm um you know, getting the, the, real, the, the real entrepreneur, you know, uh, our origin, I guess you could say, of the human uh, story is farming. So, you know, wake up at a certain time, get stuff done because, you know, either the, the animals won't get fed or you got to clean up a bunch of stuff or you, you get, you know, because animals, you know, they do the opposite of eating. So you got to clean that stuff up.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 So, so what kind of, I mean, what, was it just a livestock farm then?
1: I'm sorry, sorry to say it again, we lost you there. Oh, video. sorry.
0: It may have, may have had an internet hiccup. So was it like a livestock farm?
1: Uh, not really. Um, more like, a you know, just, uh, clearing, clearing the sugar cane and taking care of a horse, Oh, okay. uh, at least one horse. Yeah. Um, uh, but definitely, uh, in that environment uh we actually moved out there so it was no running water well no running water pump um and no electricity and a couple of solar panels so i really got in touch with you know like reading and educating myself in addition to high school I was you know going through high school at the time um so you know it's just a real country country boy kind of story i guess you could say <laughs> but <Wow>. in boy <laughs> so
0: wow So, and and in Hawaii, now now you have your last name, Suzuki, that's Japanese, right?
1: Correct. So, the origin behind that is 200 years ago, um, well, really more like 160 years ago, uh, you know, grandpa and grandmas from China and Japan Ah. came over to work the plantations in Hawaii. um, And versus the slave story in the South, uh, it was actually more like, in and indentured servitude um, but the one huge plus that came out of the promises that were made to the Asian immigrant uh, farmers was that after a period of time I can't remember if it was 30 or 50 years they were allowed to have one plot of land which they fulfilled the promise to so uh, that's that's huge obviously we know in human history you know land ownership is huge yeah um, not not to say that I participated in that because <laughs> my 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 father was a bit of a hippie, so he he actually grew up in the city, you know, a nice, populated part of Oahu uh, and Honolulu. Wow. Uh, and in the seventies, he decided he wanted to be a hippie and 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 live on a farm or something. So. <laughs>
0: wow, very cool though. So yeah. so you you um, so you grew up in in what seventies eighties?
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah okay, so in Hawaii is that where you went to you you went to grade school middle school high school there
1: absolutely um so it, it was you know it, you know you don't realize you grew up in a, in a meager environment until you actually watch t v probably in the eighties you watch t v and you see you know like family sitcoms like wow, they bathe indoors you know <laughs> wow, so, <yeah>. wow. <laughs> you know. And, uh, you know, it was a couple of times, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, water and potatoes will be dinner sometimes, but then sometimes it'll be, you know, steak dinners. Right. So right. it's that whole flux of the 80s and 90s when, you know, dad would lose a job and get a job and lose a job and get a job type of thing. Sure. Um, it was great, great family environment until one day when I was about 13 years old, he, he left out of the blue. Uh, I didn't see him again for 19 years. Only recently, as 2010, I met, I met up with him again and kind of reconciled. Wow and I kind of let go of a long time ago I let go of a lot of anger from that a lot of you know a lot of a uh, what is it separation anxiety, I guess you could say yeah, um, but uh maybe it was a blessing because you know mom would try to work these odd jobs and so I kind of raised myself through my teenage years
0: yeah
1: um and uh you know i I actually you know would put myself in good environments where people valued you know family values um some uh some of the other friends from school and everything took me in and i really understood the brotherhood and sisterhood of a small unit looking out for each other yeah they were kind of like in a sense not really or friends but i don't remember the latchkey kid generation you know mom and dad are at work so we kind of raised ourselves type of thing <laughs> so yeah. yeah wow um but i I was the kind of person, a big thing, and probably the breakthrough wall part of what my discussion is, is, is fear. You right. know, I, uh, I'll be afraid of a lot of things, you know, uh, especially with myself, and especially building an identity as, as a young man. Yeah. So, one of the bold things I decided to do was to get into the habit of getting out of my comfort zone, and being in a small town, I always felt like there was a bigger world because the world would come and visit Hawaii. Right. You know I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: I meet people from Britain, from Russia, from Finland. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm you know I would drive to the end of the ocean, you know the, the end of the water, and it's like there's water. And I drive to the other side of the island, there's water. It's like man, <laughs> so so much more of a world out there. Yeah. So,
0: I mean in yeah. Hawaii is a long ways. I mean yeah. it's a long, long ways from mainland here in the US. So it's like yeah. I mean it's a long ways. It's out there. <laughs> Way <Yeah>. out there. <laughs> so I, I, I have a, a, a good friend um, who's from Hawaii as well and his his whole family and he has he's of Japanese descent. And and he worked for me for, for quite a quite a while and 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 just love this dude he's just so just actually very calm and 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 just smart as heck I mean he's so smart but you know like I think that with with um being raised there I mean so you did you graduate from high school there then yes okay and did you did you end up going to college
1: not at that time Okay. Uh, not at that time. So my, my education path went a bit differently. Uh, and it was a big turning point. So I'll, I'll go through a little bit of turning points quickly in this, you know, in this hour call. Uh, I was working at a grocery store. Um, um, and one of the, I was about, you know, like 18, 17, 18 or something. And one of the guys that have been there for about six years he says, man, you do such a great job here. One day you're going to be successful like the produce manager. <laughs> and looked at and it was he was a bad guy? He was actually he helped me out a lot. This produce manager guy, he was a really great guy. But um, he uh, I looked at him and he's in his you know fifties and everything too. And it's like, is that the best that my hometown has to offer is to be the produce manager? <laughs> like right? no, yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah no. Yeah so, no
0: offense uh, to any produce managers. <laughs>
1: yeah, but yeah. but uh, I was like. There's a whole world to see and everything too, and it's somewhere along that path I made the decision to join the U.S. Navy. Oh,
0: so, nice.
1: Yeah. Well, so, while
0: uh, you were in Hawaii. Yep. Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah, from uh, and uh you know I I I I prepared my mind for this big, huge thing. Like you, you would have thought I was preparing for Navy SEALs and Marine Corps versus the Navy.
0: Yeah. Right. But
1: my mind. So I would. I would do things like I never did before. Like I was always afraid of heights before. Right. And I decided, okay, um, some friends climbed up this steep, uh, cliff top and everything over this waterfall and jumped out over the rocks into the, to the pond below. And when you stand at that, that cliff face, you can see the rocks close to where you are on the, in the water peeking out. So um. you have to jump out you must have to jump out at least four feet away from the cliff face wow. to land to not end up dead on the right rocks. right <laughs> so, wow so you did it I did, yeah i did it i did it and i was like that was the first moment that's the first time ever i conquered my fear wow and i of course, I survived. I didn't hit that. Hit that. You know, <laughs> the rock well, feet I'll, the
0: I'll, but I'll bet that as a small child, when you were learning how to walk and you fell and banged your face on the floor, you yeah. you got back up and did it again. So that was probably the first time you overcame your fear. <laughs> yeah, as an
1: adult, right? Yeah, as a you know,
0: it's kind speech. of an unconscious yeah. thing, right?
1: And and I, I guess it became a symbol. Then from there, I you know, I wasn't really a physically fit guy in in, in school or anything. So I, I hooked up with this gentleman that was a firefighter. Um, he, he reminded me of the, the gentleman from the Green Mile, the big, big burly giant guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, he trained me to run a mile, swim 500 miles, and run a mile again. Now, even at 18 years old, that is freaking killer exercise. Swim, swim <laughs> how
0: far? You just said swim 500 miles.
1: No, 500 meters.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> like,
1: wow, dude. Still killer. <laughs> no. No, no. Yeah. No, That'll be like swimming across the channel or something. <laughs> right, right. So, but um, um, I, I prepared my mindset with that, and he trained me for that. So by the time I got to Navy boot camp, I was like, this is way easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> wow. So, wow. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, did you go um, to Great Lakes? Yeah. Yes, correct. Okay. So now yes. let let me ask you this because I've been up to Great Lakes. My brother was in the Navy. That's where he went to went to basic training. So, um and I was up there for his graduation, but so when when you had you ever been off the island of Hawaii? Uh
1: when I was about eleven years old, my uh uh aunt took me on a tour of the northeast and the east coast of the United States. And that's probably where a huge part of my understanding that there was a whole another world yeah. that, that, that really, I that was one month uh, tour and everything. Well,
0: what, what month of the year was it?
1: I'd say it was about
0: August. Okay, so it was still nice and warm. Yeah. When you went to Great Lakes, what month was it?
1: It was, <laughs> good question. It was about April of 1997. Okay. And for some reason, there was this late snowstorm that came in. And yeah. that was my first experience with snow. It was like, what the heck is that white stuff falling from the sky? Right? And why is it so <laughs> cold?
0: Where's the ocean?
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah.
0: You got late, what, Lake Michigan up there or something? So, <laughs> so with, with the, um, So that had to be, I mean, that culturally, not culturally, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It it had to be a huge change from what you were used to, as far as climate is concerned. Climate, that was a word, not culture. Yes,
1: yes. Right, Um, so,
0: (laughs) excuse me. So when when you were at Great Lakes, Mm -hmm. um, you're in boot camp, you're being told what to do Mm -hmm. and everything yeah um i i from from my understanding they're they're actually quite they they beat you up uh pretty 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 hard mentally at least right to to break you um yep. to build you back up obviously so here yep. you are you're you're now in the navy how old were you
1: i was uh let's see i was 19 at the time yeah
0: 19 years old you're in the in the u.s navy in the middle of excuse me I've got a <coughs> tickle in my throat here so you're in the US Navy now you're in uh, Great Lakes which for those of you who don't know where Great Lakes is it's um, it's it's north of Chicago up in uh, Waukegan Illinois mm-hmm. right yes just shy of Wisconsin <laughs> I mean it's way <laughs> it's right across the bridge from Milwaukee so, um, and, and sailors are actually despised up in that area, I didn't know that, but they actually are not very well liked, so um, I, I remember being up there with my brother, and there were people that had signs in their yards that said, sailors and dogs keep off of grass, yes. like, oh my god, wow, yeah, you're welcome, we protect you with your freedom, you're welcome. Yeah. But, uh, and thank you, by the way, for your service, Ron. So, so what what happened after boot camp? I, it looks like you survived.
1: Yeah. So, I uh, uh, I really had this dream in high school, actually, of working in the electronics field, totally outside of farming, totally outside of the culture uh, you know I was grew up in in that rural town, because I knew that electronics uh, were going to be a, a, this constant of mankind's you know growth so so if i figured if i went down that route of having actual trade that could build upon a future from there and boy i'm glad i made that decision so i became an aviation electronics technician which is basically aircraft avionics uh, repair guy um what
0: kind of aircraft helicopters or or jets a,
1: helicopter uh i specialize in two aircraft the helicopter radar systems and uh was what's known as the E2C Hawkeye, yep. which is a surveillance aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has that big dome on the top of it and yep. some propellers on it. No armaments at all, but all technology. From, from tail to, to nose, technology out. Yeah, right. And so much so that my 20s was soaked up by <laughs> banging my head against these radar systems where complex, and radio systems are complex repairs. Wow. Um, but I got really pretty decent at it, and also the management side of it too. Um, and, um, grew, grew through the ranks, um, you know, just enlisted ranks from E1, uh, completed out, uh, my career at 15 years at E6. Wow. Um, the, the pinnacle of my career was my last deployment in 2008 to 2009, uh, where I led, uh, 21 sailors, um, uh, on a, you know, on an aircraft carrier in a shop. It's a laboratory shop environment.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, I definitely, um, you know, it became a test of my abilities. Even at that age, I was about 30. of uh, my abilities to to manage a process and go into a war uh, war combat support environment. Sure. For maintenance. So, what um, What carrier were you on? Uh, on that one was the USS Theodore Roosevelt. Um, before that, in uh, 2001 through 2003, was the USS Constellation.
0: Yeah.
1: Which was the second to last non-nuclear carrier. Um, The job,
0: the, um, my, my brother was on the Stennis. Okay. And then, um, I think before that, what was the one uh, during the first Gulf war he was over on, um, was it, was the Stennis there or was it the, I forget. He was on two different carriers. One of them, they retired. Um, so what, what, so did you end up in Norfolk?
1: Uh, so I kind of went uh, around a bit. Norfolk was my last station, which the 2007 to 2012. Yeah. It was that time period of my tours, two tours uh, at Norfolk, and one of them being on a ship. Um, but uh, my first tours were in uh, San Diego. Um, and then on the Constellation, I was doing a little bit of air support out of north Los Angeles, a small base called Point Ladu. Uh, which is kind of neat and, and kind of segues into my future is the closest military base to hollywood wow so so during a time period of uh, my tour there uh several different movies were filmed there i guess almost every military movie of the early 2000s pearl harbor um uh, you know the the wind talkers and all that stuff was filmed there wow and, and uh so we there always be these film crews that come through there and that's where I get into my college experience. I, I got inspired by my. I had a little bit of time there on that small base, so I signed up for college. And uh, over a period of time, I got my two-year degree um, in uh, liberal arts. Mm-hmm. So, and um, one of the things, I'm going back to you about fear, uh, on my first tour on 2001. So you got to understand this is a deployment on the USS Constellation. That began around March of 2001 and was scheduled to conclude on September 15th, 2001. So, if you can Uh, imagine, yeah, uh, during that period, uh, Osama bin Laden was making this promise that he was going to hit a high level target in the summer of
0: 2001.
1: Yeah. And the year before that was the USS Cole. So, the military thinking was very conventional, traditional at the time. It was, oh, well, if he means a bigger target, it means the bigger U.S. Navy battle groups, which would include the carrier. Right. Right. So, in, in that regard, now this is pre-9/11, of course. Yeah. Right. The mentality is, okay, well, everything that's military that touches land in the Middle East needs to be super protected. So there's this, there's this <laughs> situation. I'm an aviation electronics guy. And for some reason we we the ship, you know, pulls support and they want to protect the perimeter around the carrier.
0: Right. So right.
1: I, I go to this what's called this gate watch. And this gate watch was just me in a normal, you know, uniform with you know kind of normal Navy uniform with no armor, no gun, no helmet, and the uh, security guys, these guys got vests and guns and everything. They say, hey, your job is to go out to these cars. The guy is going to leave the car and he's going to open up all his car doors and trunk and everything. And your job is to smell for licorice or look for wires. Oh, jeez. Now, they never said your job is to look for car bombs ever in the, 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 the training cycle. So Wow. <laughs> so I see these guys behind these concrete barriers with helmet, armor, and guns, yeah. and they hide behind this, this thing, and me and this other guy will go out to this car and go and pick up whatever was in the trunk, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. And why licorice?
1: You're, um, hey, you're uh, off
0: camera, by the way. Go uh, m- Move back over to your okay, right sorry. if you would. There yeah. you go.
1: Yeah, so – so, uh, because I guess they supposedly car bombs give off some kind of licorice smell at a time. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. So, oh, so, wow. so it was like this, you know, and it, it's my closest thing to action. That's the only time I ever got anywhere near the vicinity of getting hurt, you know, in the military. Oh my uh, gosh. And, and capacity. So, so. Did you find, did you find any? Well, obviously I'm still here. So.
0: <laughs> well, I know, but like, it doesn't mean it went off. Yeah. Did you find any that were like, No.
1: No, nothing. I'm, I'm so thankful for that. But I would think in my Jeez. head, this scenario is like, I, I hope I see a white light and, and visit God when this happens, you know? Yeah, no um, kidding. So, but uh, I mean, once you go through that kind of process, I mean, it wasn't about, and like they say, the whole comment, nowhere near I'm not going to glamorize my military career, but, um, you know, there was the guys on the ground and Marines and, and Army and soldiers that really do the real hardcore war effort. Yeah. I, honored their service so my best friends are combat veterans um and navy seal veterans and everything too so i don't want to make it seem like oh ron would check you know supposedly check for car bombs but it really did make me think that I, the reason why i did that and i wanted to do that was to protect my brothers and sisters from from the perimeter right right exactly why, yeah it was a politics aside and everything it's always about the brothers and sisters right right wow, um, and a, yet again another thing to overcome fears you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I,
0: I, you know I you know I would have said no. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You guys do it. I'm not doing it.
1: So, yeah. But um no. I'm yeah, not doing yeah, it. Not for obviously, me. obviously when when on our way back from Hawaii, I got a nice visit in Hawaii on September 8th through the 10th of 2001. Oh wow. So you can imagine we're on the way back to San Diego. We have Sons, daughters, and moms and dads on the ship with us for the family tour. And yeah. then, and then we find out what happens, you know, turn on a TV and all that, all, and all uh, that. And my first thought in my head was, gosh darn it, if it wasn't supposed to be us versus a whole group of civilians in a tower in New York City or a Pentagon, whichever. Wow. Right? So it really energized my, my uh my military spirit for the next I don't know, seven years.
0: Yeah.
1: And um and really threw myself at my career. So I just focused my career on, hey, we have to, you know, provide air support yeah for guys and gals on the ground. Yeah. And that's really what the, the naval air forces mm-hmm. so need a little bit of education, what the naval air forces is, is to provide aircraft at every thousand feet so that when some marine or soldier calls in for air support they're right there, yeah. you know, uh, be able to drop bombs and and provide cover fire. Yeah, so, that's, that's incredible, our, that's
0: man. And 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 listen, I mean, what you? I mean, I have a nephew that was in in the Air Force. My brother-in-law was an F four pilot. His son, my nephew, was a was an F sixteen pilot in the Air Force. And then I have another um, nephew by marriage that, um, was a, a drone pilot. So like what, what all you guys do is absolutely in, incredible. It's absolutely yeah. incredible. And people think, well, being a drone pilot what that just sitting, no, dude, there's a lot to it, yeah. you know? And, yep. and so, um, so you, so you, um, you, you spent a lot of time in, in, in the, the, in the Navy, I mean, fifteen years is a long time.
1: Yes, and the very first thing that people from the military families, or environment, or veterans would ask me is like, "Ron, why the heck were you kicked out? You know, did you have a dishonorable discharge? Why, why did you not stay for the next last five years and collect that that pension paycheck guaranteed?" Right. And and I did leave with the honorable discharge. It yeah. was voluntary. You know, my tour was done. My my completion of my services were done. Right my contract was done. And in my sense, of course, the, the war on terror came to a conclusion. So right. it, that's a very small piece of it. But really it was a desire to be an entrepreneur. And some people may think about getting a four year, a lot of military veterans think about, okay, I gotta get my four year degree to be competitive in the, in the workforce. Right. And in that 2009 deployment, in the middle of that deployment, in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> in the middle of the water, I met a gentleman, his name was Michael Green. Um, he was on the ship with me, same unit and everything. Yeah. And he had these great pictures on his computer screen of families and babies and everything. And I was like, Hey man, there, there's no, uh, babies on the carrier. So where'd you get that picture? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, oh no, this is from before. I'm, I'm re-editing the pictures. I was like, wow. And I said one sentence that changed my life. I've always wanted to be a photographer. Boom that one sentence in the middle of that deployment even though i was leading these troops and everything set me on this creative tangent yeah i never th- i couldn't draw off to save my life i can't paint to save my life but for some reason studying film a little bit of you know uh, community college and being around that hollywood environment yeah came and smacked me in the head <laughs> wow and i was like you know what i want to be a photographer you know, and it was at the, it kind of like the, the golden age of digital photography. You know, right. you didn't have to do that whole film thing. Um, and I came back and I actually went crazy with it. I, I opened my own fr- photography studio, wow. got a lease, signed a lease, started getting wedding clients, started doing, taking pictures in my own studio in Virginia Beach where yeah. I was stationed. And I, I did like 33,000 part time active duty in the, the military in photography. Wow, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's probably where that that decision at the fifteen years I'm like, man, if I can make thirty three K, you know, barely scratching the surface of part time um while in the military, you know what? I'm just you know, I'm just that's what I want to do. I'll let my contract end and I'll just go do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Here
1: comes the here comes nature to come smack a young man in the face or 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 the universe with discipline. Uh, all of a sudden, in 2012, I went from making that 33k in a year to, in five months, making $2,000. Yikes.
0: <laughs>
1: and by the way, I just left the military, left that, that, that constant paycheck. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, uh, okay, well, something's wrong here. Right. Here's, here's your you and I go to Connect Ken. Yeah. Uh, that was a long story. Sales. I didn't know what the heck I was doing in sales. Ah. Uh. Yeah. I had a bride drive two hours to my studio. I showed her all my pictures. And she scratched her head that I have to think about it. And she walked out and never heard from her again. I'm like, what? That's never happened to me before. What am I doing wrong? Right. And it was, I had zero sales skills. I thought I was just supposed to show pictures to people. And it would sell them. <laughs> themselves. Right. Or and that lets me know now people think in their heads as entrepreneurs they're supposed to, you know, just show their business and people are compelled to buy.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? And that's not true. You have to build the sales skills, So I took it upon myself. Here I am getting this content paycheck. I joined a insurance agency. And boy, did I get an education on sales. And it right. was hundred percent commission by the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so and I, I, I tell you that phone, when you don't know what you're doing in sales becomes a, a, a 10,000 pound brick. Yep. Yeah. It just it's true. Like, uh I mean, I would stutter on calls. I, all of a sudden all my social skills melted away. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and so,
0: so that was in 2012,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: right? Yeah. And you joined the insurance agency. Yeah. And how did things go from there?
1: So and I made it known too that I technically was there to learn sales for the benefit of my photography business. Right. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Yeah. So instead of going to university, I spent time there building my sales skills. And uh, there's they had this this uh this elite academy. You had to like qualify like crazy, and they would start with a hundred people, and only twenty people would graduate. Um, I actually went to the program, and I mean, I just knock on doors, like hardcore ground and pound, you know, make 100 phone calls in a day. You know, I mean, Grant Cardone would be proud to have me on his team, type of thing, because I was willing to do it. <laughs> so, right,
0: right, right, yeah. yeah.
1: And um, and I would have, I mean, it would be, you know, like nearly broke, you know, I would go to D.C., I mean, far away, go to D.C. with my gas gasoline truck and be on my last little dimes to try to make a sale and not get a sale and, you know, tell between the legs to drive back to Richmond, type yeah. of thing. So I was like, man, and I was frustrated. I would ma- I would literally be that guy that would make uh, hundreds of phone calls in a day, and then nobody would buy. Like, And I pounded my fist against the desk one day, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna get on YouTube and type in, how to make sales call. So how to make sales calls? And there's this weird guy with a Southern accent with his beard, and he has this young guy named Jared Galant in the corner, and he's like, I'm gonna show you how to make a sales call. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and you probably know who I'm talking about. Yep. Mr. 10X, Mr. Grant Cardone. Right. And it just changed. Like, finally, my answer came in from 2012 to 2013 or so, is when I found him. And all of a sudden, like, this guy is actually showing us how to do it. And I would I think I still have the notebook somewhere. Wow. Just a stick. And I would just sit on YouTube. I didn't have any money to pay into his programs. I will just watch every episode of Cardone Everything. Yeah go back to his old episodes from the Orlando radio station, write down everything I heard about sales. Yep. And next thing you know, I have this like handwritten sheet of like, this is how you do sales. And it just it just changed everything. It changed it, it just changed my entire pattern and everything. And that's probably how I know you now, Ken, is because of that Grant Cardoon, Super 10X, let's go for it type of world.
0: Yeah, so. I, I think that we definitely that's how we we connected was was through um, Grant's live streams and, and everything else. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I'll tell you, I mean, my personal experience with Grant is, you know, he became a friend. He became a client of mine. Um, he I had a show on his network for a while and and. Like the guy you know, I was a national sales trainer way before I knew who Grant Cardone was. So I, I I was very, very experienced in sales. But when I found him I was like, This guy's got something different than everybody else does, right? He's just he brings a totally different energy, different perspective and, and, and I I I love what he teaches. Love what he teaches. Like you gotta go all in, man, and not give up. Like 10x yeah. what you think it's going to take like yeah. multiply that times 10 and yeah. and that's that's where it's, you're 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 going to you're going to see more more activity right Exactly so, Yeah Sandy McNichols on here she said millions on the phone
1: <laughs> Yes I remember that live cast I yeah. remember all those live webinars Yeah uh, Yeah uh, Yeah the book the sale was was a big turning point for me see What is a- it Secrets of Closing a Sale.
0: Yeah. Webinar. Yeah.
1: I was there for that live webinar. Um, so what happened is that I realized that I was doing myself a disservice for the insurance industry. It just wasn't my passion. It just, it just wasn't. It was there. It was there as a training platform for me. So, um, I had to make some decisions here and there. You know, you know, success is a very, you know, wayward course. Yeah. Get there. So I ended up, you know, going back to going to a nine to five in a in a corporate world um, in hardware electronics. Yeah. Um, and I kind of made my an oath to myself that I would I would do everything I could to to graduate from that I guess graduate from that university of you know corporate uh environment again. Yeah. So I would I would have headphones on while I'm working. I was allowed to in my you know I'm working electronics soldering things. Yeah. There. Yeah. And I would listen to Cardone like. 24-7, to the point where my supervisors, my co-workers were, like, irritated. Like, Ron, can you please turn the speaker down? We don't want to hear Cardone again. Right. <laughs> right. And it would be like this, as uh, a matter of fact, that, that this, uh, this sign back, you know, the no negativity yeah. was a big door. As soon as you walked into my office, was was, you know, a smack people in the face type of thing. Love so, it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love no it. I'm looking
0: me. at that same sign right here at the bottom <laughs> of my
1: iMac. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I spent four years with that, and all of a sudden, you know, I would, I would, uh, I, I was inspired by Cardone's first GrowthCon, and I thought, you know, there needs to be, there needs to be something like that for veterans, for veteran entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's hard for Grant to. He does work with a lot of veteran entrepreneurs, but it's him not being a veteran. You know, it's it's hard for the veteran community to accept them, especially in the entrepreneur space. Mm-hmm. So I I took it upon myself to just kind of listen to what Grant said and just go for it. Hey, just do it, and you figure it out less rest, rest, rest later. Right. Okay? So I made GritCon in uh, uh, October uh, September of uh, 2017, and uh, brought together some people from the 10x crowd. That's probably why I called you. For, you know, your book was just releasing around that time.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, Justin Myers. Yep. Shereen Shere- May. Um, some so local, you know, quasi celebrities in yep. the business, um, and uh, Brandon Farbstein, who's now doing a lot of big stuff with the Tony Robbins crew and everything, and doing some national tours. Right. Um, you know, I had the speaking engagement, um, had a little dinner for some VIPs, veterans, um, and I was hoping for thirty, you know, hoping for thirty to a hundred people, and sixty people showed up. I was like, wow. For something that wasn't even a tested practice or I had a, you know, a little bit of a sponsor from a a veteran buddy of mine. And next thing you know that, that event changed everything, just changed the entire dynamic. I was still at my nine to five when I, and that's what I think the audience needs to hear. Yeah. At my nine to five and I started a entrepreneur success conference. No validation, no qualification, no certification, you know, but just, just a belief. It wasn't necessarily I wanted to be on stage but to showcase these entrepreneurs that were doing it and making things happen and inspire other people because yeah. I wished there was a grit con when I was starting a business and that's where I think I take a lot of things back to is through the heartache of starting a business and you know falling on my face and everything I wanted to make sure that entrepreneurs had something like I wish I had yeah and maybe you you had when you were a new entrepreneur you know Yep, oh, and I think that's why you do this this show is because you want to you know help people break through walls. Right, <laughs> so, that,
0: that's that's the exact reason actually.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Right. So, um along the course, and um, uh, in that short period of time, September, October, November, J- uh, December, January, seventeen to eighteen. Um, I knew that Grant's Growth Con number two was coming up, and mm-hmm. I was. Yawn, soda. I missed out on uh, GrowthCon number one because I was in my nine to five environment. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to this, and I'm probably going to quit my nine to five job. And for some reason, course of action, you know, course of events, I, I left a little bit early, a few weeks early in January of 17. Went to Growth Con number two, and I tell you that that environment in Vegas in that stadium with Grant Cardone and all these, you know, three days worth of everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Blew my mind. It just, I thought I knew something about sales and business and Cardone. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it was beyond a leap and bound. And yeah. at that conference, my life changed yet again with fear. I already left my nine to five job. By the way, that was a scary thing. By the way, to again leave my nine to five job or leave the Navy, knowing that I'd been through an iteration where I flat fell on my face. Right. Most people are like, man, I tried that before. I I know what that what happened with that man. Yeah. I'm not gonna do that again, you know. Or they they tell themselves that, and that's a lie. I think people lie to themselves too much. Yeah. And I I, I start to go from a different route, almost put aside, putting away fear to the side completely, and just I believe. I believe now. Don't get me wrong. It's not not just I believe foolishly, but it's I believe with calculated risk. which is why I think entrepreneurship is a a calculated risk. Well, good entrepreneurship is calculated risk and belief. Yep. Because the normal logic and the normal odds and normal calculations don't work. Right. But if you you do that calculated risk and you figure out some pieces, I ended up at that conference deciding to start my own uh, marketing agency and build two businesses in one. A A professional video production company and a digital marketing firm combined. Nice, dude. And I realized that in Richmond, Virginia Beach, or our region of Central Virginia, there was no agency like that already that did that. Right. And this was just me and my buddy and and another friend. Three people. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And my buddy was all in line. This is the same Michael Green from the 2009 deployment. See, I got to tell you, Michael Green was my best friend. There's a two-person team, really, from 2009 to even what we're doing now. He's actually on his way. He's actually, like, outside the door. (laughs) Uh, Well, not outside the door. He's with our our office manager. Yeah. But um, uh, he's my best friend, best man at my wedding, veteran as well. We're both on a ship. And when you have two people that believe and go for business at the same time are aligned, that is, like, you know, one plus one equals three type of mentality. Yep. So, and we had another person. And along the way, the right people started showing up. This SEO guy that's been doing that since 1996, before Google Google even started, came on board our team. He was a parent as well. Um, A software engineer guy that's been doing it for 35 years came on board, crazy guys. Hey man, come over here. Okay, what are you gonna pay me? I don't know, but I believe we can do this, you know? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: Oh, by the way, I just left my nine to five job. Come with me. Yeah, yeah.
0: okay, let's do it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and and just for the record, yeah. that's not very calculated. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, and I I you know and I and if, I, I mean I think that if you look at the history of really successful entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, you know the 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 Thomas Edison's of the world, the Steve jobs of the world, they were literally considered insane for attempting what they were doing because there was no calculation. It was literally just this belief they had that they could change the world. Yeah. Right. And it's an, it was an insane belief. Like people were like, you're nuts. You can't, what are you talking about? You can't do that. Like you're getting, And how many entrepreneurial stories are there where they they ended up filing bankruptcy, not once, but multiple times before they finally figured it out? Yeah, right. Yeah. I've been doing what I do for 24 years and I still haven't figured it out. I, every single day I wake up with the hope that I'm going to figure it out, right? <laughs> Yes. And every day I figure out one little tiny piece of it, or I'll have a setback and now I'll have to you know I mean that's just that's the life of being an entrepreneur. There's no perfect yep. path right. and yep. and anybody that tells you that there is th- yep. they're they're nuts that yep. don't yep. don't believe them because there's not and yes. you can calculate all day long and there yep. are things yep. being an entrepreneur that you can't calculate for and that one is no sales. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like like right? Like revenue, the top yeah. line is the yes. most important thing in owning a business. So, if you don't know how to sell, you don't know how to how to communicate effectively with other human beings and yep. and and you know, really take care of the customer in that sense, then then yeah. you know, you're 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 just basically screwed. So, yes. you know? So, I think that so you went, I mean, you've been through it all, man. You've been through it all. How do yeah. you guys generate sales now?
1: All right, so it's kind of weird that we're a digital agency and I became really good at that handshake business card, you know, build a relationship kind of thing from the insurance days. And we, uh, thanks to our, our, uh, one of our partners, uh, the, the, one of the guys that invested in GritCon invested in the, our business. He threw up a uh, little bit of startup capital, um, he's a veteran as well, Sam Barton. Uh, big in the real estate world. Young guy, big in the real estate world uh, here in Richmond. And next thing you know, okay, somebody believes in us to help sponsor our dreams, So we're going to be great um, stewards of his investment. Right. So we went out, and uh, he helped us land a client, our first client. And there was still that belief. You know, we still didn't have the, our, our proof of concept in, in down. We had specialists in each field, but our unified system wasn't done yet. Our machine wasn't done yet. Right. And this guy invested, he invested full price into our, into our program. Mm-hmm. Um, he got about three we got three and a half months into building his machine for him, his marketing machine for him. He invested about $13,000. Um, by the time we turned on his machine after three and a half months of making it, so that's video production. When I say machine, we did the video production, website, landing page, and then the marketing system between, um, you know, uh, social media and some other, uh, tools. And you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Next thing you know, we we turn on the machine, and within the first two weeks, he made $21,000. Nice. i like, this number worked. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I knew, I had belief it would work. I just didn't realize it was going to work so well. Right, right. It was like, right. you know, that that, TV, uh, that that movie um Office Space where he it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, right. Right, right. So, and I, I wasn't in your in industry or your sector before, Ken, when I saw that machine turn on and and our client was making that much money beyond what we invested with us, it was like a dream come true. Like, the, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like the machine works Or my belief for, I threw myself at this. I mean, I threw everything I had, every relationship, every finance, every bank account, every credit thing I had. Um, you know even you know family was like what the heck you're doing but we believe in you run you know that right, type of thing right and even even then to bring my best friend with me and he went through some heartache and financial troubles try to get this going too to see that machine turn on and, and start winning for the customer and then we had proof of concept i can actually turn that into a case study right graph charts and everything and take down to the marketplace yep. yep and and it was i mean that's what i'm able to do i'm able to go to the clients with uh at breakfast bring my phone and a little notebook and a pen, and show him, hey, by the way, type in uh, our client's name or, or his, his industry. Let's look at demolition and removal, uh, Richmond, Virginia. Boom, our client pops right up.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And that's that. So the results, right? The results yeah. are, are, are what people are looking for.
1: Yeah. And third party information, like Cardone says, you know, they. Got to give them something outside of you and themselves as a third party. Like, okay, what's the success right. with a client of yours, whichever? And then I'm learning from another guy too: the measurable results. Put a, if you can put a tape measure around uh, the client's results and then showcase that.
0: That's where so. the you know the um, the people that are there's there's actually still people that invest in the yellow pages, which blows my mind. Um, but like, you know, my, my wife was the global vice president of marketing for a couple of different companies that do 500 plus million a year. And so, you know, she comes from, she, I mean, she hired way bigger agencies than yours and mine, um, in the past to work with her in these, these marketing departments. Right. And, and so like. She knows marketing like I mean it's insane like she talk it's like talking to Rain Man sometimes when I'm talking to her I'm like could, could you bring it down a little and talk on my level like you know because she's so smart and and experienced in that realm and and so but it's there's also been this huge shift in the last five six seven years and mm-hmm. and that shift has been with social media. And, and, you know, people are, I did, I did a rant video last night about, you know, some people that I, I see a lot of people that do not know how to use social media properly and, and, you know, and they're, but they're trying to promote their business and whatever. So, I mean, there's just been this huge shift in, in, in marketing and I love it. I think it's phenomenal. I saw it years ago coming and, and. And position myself to, to be able to take advantage of, of some of it so you know let me ask you this though so when it comes to um, you know everybody I have on the show not everybody but just about everybody says you know when I say well, what do you think holds most people back almost everybody says fear right because fear is real fear is very very real and and so do you think that that's what held you back
1: for, for years was fear?
0: I can guarantee that, and
1: specifically the fear of what other people thought of me. Right. And that's probably why I sucked at sales in the beginning because I wanted to be this perfect, polished, nice guy presenter. And I realized presentation is only a piece of it. It's that. It's that. You know. It's that close closing right. the, the client, and then I have to get and especially the you know. Smile, nice guy, Asian glasses thing. I have to, <laughs> yeah, I have to. I was great because it draws the leads in and people feel warm fuzzies with me, but then it's, I was doing too much of the nice guy. So I had to I actually, had to leap to but, like hey, things that weren't so nice. You, you like, just hey,
0: reminded me of the movie yeah. The Big Lebowski. I believe the preferred nomenclature is Asian American dude so so
1: yeah so so it it was uh, I had to convert to be like hey if I had to build my belief and my lack of fear of of losing the sale that's what it was I was was afraid of losing the sale so I to, to convert over to the Cardone system and call a bride this is before the agency call a bride 22 times yeah and it's like, look, if you don't hire me, Uncle Joe or Cousin Sue or the, the random person that thinks they're a photographer is going to mess up your wedding. Yeah. They're going to really do that. And you're going to look back and you'll be embarrassed to show your pictures. That bride, she shows it off. I mean, she can't, she can't stop showing off her pictures. Right. That was a, two years ago. Yeah. So I, I became, and to drop fears a little bit, I mean, help people, if if you know your product is that good, that it saves your customer from the the, the hacks out there. Yeah. Then, then that will just be like, yeah, it's just, it's just it, and you have to, you have to do business with me, or else it will be a disservice. I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't if I didn't push hard or call you twenty two times or whichever. That's right. Yeah, that's so, right. I love it, dude. Yeah.
0: So has that um, has that has that changed your business? Changed your life?
1: Oh yes. yes. Now
0: now uh, you're making millions.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to get, trying to get there, but the capacity. What I, I stand in awe is is that the the team has put me as the front man to to be the sales guy. I, I move myself away. I know glasses and Asian, you know, all of stuff. But um, techie, I, I'm moving myself away from the techie and yeah. more into the sale sales guy. But you know, some people say that you know, sales is not something that you learn to like or love. I'm actually enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, good. It's, yeah, I, I watch um some um what is that uh you know those those obstacle course uh, uh things on TV and the, they have the little tidbits where the guys are talking about the guys or gals are talking about championship mindset. Yeah, yeah. So I just oh it feeds it feeds my mind it feeds my my energy and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So um and uh, also too you know the uh, the persistence you're right about the persistence. So it's it's if I can break it down to the ingredients is reducing fear, because I don't know if fear really goes away, but reducing it to the point it doesn't incapacitate you. Right. And persistence. Which is why I called my conference GritCon. Um Angela Duckworth wrote the book Grit and her agency actually gave me permission to use it um for, for GritCon. Right. And grit was the other machine. So yeah, okay, you can drop fears, you know, and, and and certain things, but if you give up, then that's not doing yourself anything either. So, and, you know, some of those, there other things fall apart, keep going, you know, keep going.
0: Yep. So I agree. That's what I got. <laughs> I agree with you, man. So I ask, and, and we're at the, we're already at the end of the hour, man. So, so l- let me ask you this. I asked this question of everybody and, okay. and, and I, you almost, I think probably just answered it, but I'm going to ask it anyway and you can reiterate, yeah. but, um, the, you know, somebody that, that, that's stuck, they call you, they say, Ron, dude, my electric's being shut off tomorrow. My car was repossessed last week. My dog died. My, my husband or my wife is leaving me and uh, life's just falling apart. I can't afford food. Don't know what to do. What are you going to say to them? to help them get past that mental block that's holding them back because that is definitely a mental block yeah but what do you say to them to help
1: them get get through that well this is actually a call i take actually more frequently than than um i suspected um and that's uh, expected and that was um veterans veteran, new veteran entrepreneurs uh, uh in my space um i i, I don't know if i'm you know the person that that uh, they look up to. I I'm just a guy just I'm trying to do what he's trying to do. I, you know, I'm saying, Matt, Ron, you inspire me. I was like, okay, well, and they'll they'll give me that call, and they like you're describing exactly like two guys that have called me. And right, right. This, this is exactly what I said. So it's not like a leap of understanding for me, as I've actually had this call, and I said, okay, well, before anything else, we kind of gonna have to. I'll be honest with you, can I, you know, I say brother, you know, brother, you know, it's usually men meant, yeah. brother, can I say something? we got to work on you first. Right. So this is, what's happening is a side effect of what's going on with you. i be honest. Dude,
0: they're shutting off my electric tomorrow.
1: <laughs> so, so I'm going to say, you were at a job somewhere. Somebody did believe in you enough to pay you your worth. Now I'm not saying maybe entrepreneurship or, entrepreneurship or whichever right now is a, is a way to go like I did I went back to a nine to five. Let's see if we can market you and sell you to some employer somewhere for now so you can build the bridge because really I'll be honest that 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 corporate world nine to five for four years was my bridge into this world. Sure. If It wasn't for that I wouldn't be able to be where I'm at now. So sure. yeah then maybe let's, let's find out if we can find an employer for your skill set or your your previous skill set in the military. And I bet you, man, there's gonna be there's somebody out there that needs you. And all we gotta do is figure out how we're gonna go into the marketplace and connect the dot on that one. Because somebody did believe, you know, it's not your first job ever. It's not right. the first time you've been in this situation. Let's do that. Let's work on that. So love it, man. I yeah.
0: love it. So yeah. so it's it always you know I think that it it, it always comes down to the person. Yeah. It's not about, it's not necessarily about the Mm -hmm. business as much as it is about the person running the business. It's not always about, it's not about the job, the failure in a job, um, but about the person in the job. Yes. And the mindset. So, dude, I love it, man. I love it. I love what you're doing. I think you're, you're, you're incredible. I, I genuinely appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and be on here um, you know and and by the way the software I used did not automatically tag you on Facebook so you may want to go share this okay. afterwards. <laughs> sorry I meant to tell you that up front so you could quick. share it but I <laughs> forgot so, Um you know yeah. man how can everybody follow you
1: all right well whiteboxmediaco.com um, and I'll just throw it out there, email address Ron S at whiteboxmedia.co.com. Also, uh, if you if you search around GritCon, Grit C O N, just Google search it. I'm sure it will come up. Uh, you'll see what we got going on for plans for the future and um, how we help businesses with our solution. But if uh, if I'm talking to a veteran entrepreneur community, you know Ron Suzuki everywhere on Twitter, social media, whichever. Yeah. Follow me directly, and uh, I will take time out of my day to work with specifically veteran entrepreneurs, male, female, young, old. I don't, I don't care. Um, and let's have a conversation for sure.
0: Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, everybody, make sure you go follow Ron Suzuki on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, everywhere. So, Ron, thank you again for coming on the show. I appreciate thank your you. time. Appreciate it's an honor. You coming on. Yeah. And, and um, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Ron, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you for your time, too.
0: Yes, thank you. You guys have an awesome day. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. All right.